Thank you for being uh, extra pedantic. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are joined by our Star Trek expert, Scott Lohman, but he's not here to talk about Star Trek. No, he's here to talk about evangelical Christianity and its effect on politics. Eek. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Molly Glover. Hello, it's me. And Nick Glover. Uh, that's, I'm that one. Yes. Hi. We are recording uh, remotely once again, uh, just because, you know, it's still a pandemic. I don't know if you all... Heard. Hashtag COVID isn't over. Hashtag yes. COVID isn't over. <laughs> and we are joined <laughs> by a returning guest, uh, whom we frequently refer to as our Star Trek expert, Scott Lohman, who's not here to talk about Star Trek. No, we're going to get really <laughs> serious about right-wing politics and right-wing Christian politics. So. Right-wing Christianity and how it's affecting politics. That's what we're talking about today. Yes. Which so. seems uh, particularly relevant in uh, the current landscape in which we are living. Definitely. We've got states that are enacting these things. Yeah. And as some people are say, want to keep saying, The Handmaid's Tale is not a manual on how to create a society. <laughs> and yet, I'm a big fan of the term Christo fascism i yeah. uh that's a that's a portmanteau i can i can uh, i don't want to say it's a portmanteau i can get behind that's yeah. like the wrong message just, yeah you gotta like it really it. elegantly it just gets to the heart of the problem so elegantly yep yeah, there's some some reference I can make on that. And my favorite thing is one of the snarky websites I look at likes to refer to Sarah Huckabee Sanders as Aunt Lydia. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is such an Aunt Lydia. She is. So yeah, that we'll we'll try and sneak in as much fun as we can. But other than that, it's going to be pretty serious. So yeah, so you know, we'll we'll sneak in some humor here and there because we are a comedy podcast. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I promise at least three dick jokes. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll get Scott back uh, sometime soon to talk uh, Star Trek as soon as Molly and Nick and I catch up because we're pretty far behind. But uh, for now, Scott, we are talking about. Christianity in America, and we have some listeners that are international, so they might might not recognize the the bleak landscape that uh, the the religious right has been uh, creating for us over over the last uh, uh, decades, as we discussed Several before decades, we started recording. Yes. So why don't you uh, why don't you frame it up for us a little bit? Tell us a little bit about the history of uh, evangelical Christianity and uh, and politics in America. So we'll start with some basics. We need to do some definitions, but I found this great quote this week. And it says, human history becomes more and more a race between education and catastrophe. And that comes <laughs> no. from H.G. Wells in 1920. So, <laughs> yeah, people have been doing that. But we also need to look at, because we'll probably be using the F word, otherwise known as fascism, um, because <laughs> that is really showing up places. And the right wing keeps pointing fingers, says the leftists are fascists. It's like, dudes, have you looked at the definition lately? So No, fa- they don't. They just mean, think it means mean. like, they just think it means mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, here's a, a quick term I found. It's a political philosophy movement or regime, such as that of the fascisti, that exalts nation and often race above the individual, and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation, and a forcible suppression of opposition. So that gets, it's a pretty good definition of what that is. It's complicated because it's not obvious to see in places. And Mm -hmm. kind of when you're watching it come in in increments, um, most people aren't noticing those things. But if we take a look at what's going on in Florida, we can see it because they're not being quite as subtle as they really should be on this stuff. And then the other I feel th- like I feel like fascism is like an erection. I maybe not be able to define it precisely, but I know one when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was Potter Stewart's definition of of what pornography is that was written into an actual Supreme Court case. So, oh, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, and then another one is called complementarian, and this is something we're seeing a lot on the religious right, and it is the teaching that masculinity and femininity are ordained by God, and that men and women are created to complement or complete each other. 
Complementarians believe that gender roles found in the Bible are purposeful and meaningful distinctions that when applied in the church and home provide the spiritual health of both men and women. Embracing the divinely ordained roles of men and women furthers the ministry of God's people and allows men and women to reach their God-given potential. Like and the helpmate shit. Maybe, like a, yeah. the yeah. men represent man represents, you know, he speaks to God and the woman is the helpmate and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. I've been to a Mormon wedding. Yeah. yeah. And, and it says women are no less capable or important to Christ and his gospel than than men are. They are, however, very different in their design and prescribed function in both the home and in the church body. Yeah. Hmm. So we've got that. And then some other thing that she'll help is I don't know if you guys are aware of the difference between Arminianism and Calvinism in religious talk. Nope, the blank stares tell me no. I know, Calvinism. Precisely. Yeah, so Calvinists believe God is 100% sovereign and he knows everything will happen because he planned it. Arminians believe God is sovereign, but he has a little limited control in relation to man's freedom and their response to it. So the Calvinists believe God has already picked out who's going to be saved. um, Mm -hmm. And the Arminians say, well, you can can become saved yourself. And that's been a long, ongoing debate. And most of the Southern Baptist Convention are Calvinists, and we're seeing a lot of that in others. And so we've got that going on. The other thing to look at here at the beginning is the Christian right um, has been freaking out because their numbers are declining, and they feel like they're being persecuted. Well, what's happening (laughs) is because their numbers are declining, it's a loss of privilege versus that of persecution. But Mm -hmm. in their mind, anything where they're declining is very scary to them and so yeah a loss of a loss of privilege feels like persecution you know because you don't read you're like if everything was for me all this time and now not everything is specifically for me i am being attacked if uh, if a store is giving you a discount every time you shop there and then one day they just don't give you that discount you're going to be like Oh man, why are you charging me so much? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, no, no, we're not charging you so much. We're charging you the same. We just stopped giving you yeah. the discount. That's it's, all. It's, it's more like, yeah, it's more like what what we're trying to do is have the store give everybody the same discount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now what do you're mean upset. you changed your prices. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so uh, so yeah. Okay, That's and a, and those yeah. are some good good uh, ground rules. Calvinism. Yeah. Uh, you know, which I think is like the dumbest form of religion. Yeah. Because it's like, so basically what I do has absolutely no effect on anything. I'm either going to heaven or not. And God decided that long before I was born. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. who actually gives a shit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back when God was scheduling your parents to have sex. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> so we're and gonna... picked out the exact sperm that was going to uh, yep, create you. Yeah, exactly. really wish he'd picked a different one for me because uh, the one he picked out for me gave me bipolar disorder. So I'm really I, not into it. I feel <laughs> not like... into it. <laughs> and I always think Calvinists shouldn't be against abortion because abortion was going to happen anyway. There's right? that too. Yeah, they, yeah. It, you kind of can throw them for a loop and watch their heads explode on yeah. that. So yeah, determinists are the absolute worst. <laughs> so we'll, we'll look back in time now. This guy keeps coming back up. There's um, some person who um, looks at the society and censorship and that kind of stuff, and she has a poster of this guy on her wall that says, forgotten but not gone. So we're going to just mention Anthony Comstock, who was a guy. Anthony Comstock. Yes, you guys may have heard that. Comstock laws. We're seeing that possibly wanting to be used with the people who want to uh, ban the mailing of Mephisto, uh, the abortion drug. Mephistoprone. Yep, on that. And so they want to use Comstock laws on that kind of stuff. So they haven't gone away. And he was part of the New York Society for the Suppression of Vice. And uh, there's a great book. <laughs> what a nerd. To, yeah. <laughs> and, and the, the um, um, title of the book on it is The Man Who Hated Women on that. Yeah, no it's, shit. Yeah. Especially so. if women is considered a vice, right? Like yeah. that's. Ugh. Yep. So um, we'll take a look. Now, the religious right, there's things like the moral majority, but we can also go back to the John Birch Society, of which some of these guys are coming out of the woodwork because there used to be a couple of. Uh, conservatives that would say, you guys are just a little loony for us. Could you please go away? And then uh, William F. Buckley died, and then the Birchers have been starting to sneak back in. Um, And that goes back, also, origins of the moral majority, and some of the conservatives go back to the Barry Goldwater campaign. Um, A guy named Paul Weyrich 
um, went in and he copied down every name and address, whoever donated money to Barry Goldwater, and used that as a start of mailing list to start forming religious right groups. Um, there's a organization. So Goldwater is the '60s, if I'm remembering correct. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Goldwater, who is uh, uh, who was running as a Republican, yet still further to the left of a lot lot of the Democratic Party today. Yes. Yeah. That that's a fascinating thing. Goldwater was a, a really interesting <laughs> chap. It's like, okay, where do we put you on the spectrum? You're like moving around. Um, yeah. Then there's something called the Council on National Policy. And it's hard to find things on that, but this is a right-wing organization of lots of major people, and they sort of tell people what to talk about and do that. They have meetings throughout the mm. years that are very closely guarded, so you don't. Is it get similar to, to the family? Is that even? This is even more conservative and more wow. political and religious than the family is. Wow! I okay. know it's kind of scary. There's wow. even stuff that goes back to. Um, uh, pre-World War II, um, America First, which um, actually mm-hmm. one of our heroes of Minnesota was a part of, Charles Lindbergh. Um, yeah, he was. Once a hero. Once yeah. a hero. <laughs> Once a hero, yeah. Don't know if he made it to Nazi, but he definitely was, was um, you know, keep America out of the war and that type of thing. So there's that. There is Father Coughlin um, on that. So there's things like that. Um, for If you guys... Here's a, her first resource I mentioned is that Rachel Maddow did a show called Ultra. She took a look at um, a plane crash that killed a Minnesota senator by the name of Ernest Lundeen. And it turns out that he had been getting really friendly with German spies in the United States on that. So there, he, the plane crash was never truly quite figured out as to why it crashed um, on that. And it crashed in a field in Pennsylvania. So um, that's quite interesting. So you can find that. If you guys haven't listened to that podcast, I highly How recommend it. How many Minnesota it. senators have died in plane crashes? At least, at least two. two. Is, yeah. <laughs> so we've got wow. that. You know, and then we go into like the 70s and we had the moral majority with our dear friends Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson mm-hmm. on that. Fortunately, they, they sort of managed to implode themselves later on. However, things did not go away. And so what we're seeing now is something called, it referred to by some people as NAR or the New Apostolic Reformation. And these guys are a little more charismatic, but they're still hardcore right wing. A guy named Peter Wagner uh, helped found it, and he liked being in the backside. And they talk about um, the seven mountains. So if you hear people talking about dominionism and seven mountains, that's Mm. where they're coming from. So they talk about education, religion, family, business, government, military, arts, entertainment, and the media as the seven mountains that they need to conquer and control. And so they're working on that. And um, They're doing pretty well. Yeah, they are. And Brad Onishi, who's part of the Straight White American Jesus, um, they did a really good uh, podcast on that when they noticed that there was a whole lot of people singing religious songs and you had the crosses and the Christian signs at the January 6th thing. And started looking into those guys who were doing that. These are ones who did the, what they called the Jericho Wall Walk around the Capitol, where they walked around and blow, and they brought their shofars. They're big on shofars mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and doing that. So we've got that. And they're, then, so I'm sorry, they're big on shofars. Are they are they Jews or are they Christians? They're Christians. They think well, that because but they're like old. Are they Old Testament focused Christians? Is no, it more of a? No? They're mostly New Testament focused Christians. What was the use? Why the appropriation of the shofar then for this? Do you know? Um, they think it's because it's calling to God, and He knows that the uh, sure you know, it's it's the horn that was they, blown. They, and, use, et they use the Old Testament when it's convenient. I mean, yeah, of yeah. course. Do you, of course. Do you, you remember uh, when we went to uh, Grace Mega Church for for oh, yes. a. a, a commitment that we made once and uh i remember they had the uh the pastor that was there to talk about missionary work in yes. africa and he used uh he used uh exodus he used uh, this, a story from well from of course Mo- i know they quote it it's just the use of a shofar specifically like the obtaining of it just seems so uh dramatic for somebody who doesn't consider themselves to be a jew it's interesting yep yeah. they, they sort of consider themselves that you know ever heard the term completed jew Mm, yeah, the right wing Christians. I have heard that gross term. Yeah, use that for Jews have become okay. conservative Christians. So, okay, it's okay. in that part of it in there because, um, you know, s- some people may think the religious light is, you know, is sort of really compact. It, it closer you get, it gets messy. 
And mm-hmm. fortunately, mm-hmm. what we could do is is work with the uh, uh, American Popcorn Growers Association and create conspiracies that we need to then buy the popcorn so that they will be happy with us while we're watching things. <laughs> you lost me for a second, but you got me in the I got there at the end. Is <laughs> that, that, like, that on a, oh no? On a place Can I not have popcorn anymore? <laughs> yep. No. No. <laughs> There's a number of us when we comment on some things on one of the websites that I hang out at. Um, it's like oh, it's another thing from the Popcorn Growers Association, but I don't want to cheer for either of these two guys. Maybe we'll just hope they make complete messes of each other. That's great. That's great. So, um, and then there's like newer stuff. There's this guy called Alex Newman has a site called Liberty Sentinel. Uh, you got a right wing likes to go with pompous names that aren't what they actually mean. He's talking, they're mm-hmm. talking about the great reset. And oh, I've heard a lot about this. Yeah. yeah. So he's got a piece online. You can find it. You'll have to look a little bit, but um, that might be a challenge for you guys sometime down the line would be to watch, watch that and see if you can make sense of it. Cause it's just a whole bunch of conspiracy things that show up and do that. It's like I, I lost what points you were making, and it was yeah. It seemed, if I remember correctly, it's almost similar to the rapture in the sense of like without the bodily moving into heaven, this idea that God's going to basically like do a, a hard reset where they will come out on top, right? Well, they're sort of saying that it's us, us on the liberal side are going to come out because we're going to work with, um, you know, the, the the fancy rich people who hang out at Davos and that kind of thing. Oh. So. Yeah, I didn't realize they thought we were going to win that one. Yeah, they think we're going to win that one, and it's like oh, they the like to talk one. about about Klaus. Um, oh, I forget his last name, but he's mentioned a lot in this piece um, mm-hmm. on that. So, um, and the talk was given that they they have was in Wisconsin with mostly white people, and they managed to find the three black guys in there to show the backs of their heads. So, and they weren't wearing any masks, and this was back in September of two thousand twenty-two. So. Uh, Yep, and then we've got other stuff going on. We've got, of course, the crazy QAnon. While that's technically not part of the religious light, it shows up because they have this crazy going on. And I keep trying to figure it out, but it it hurts every time as I try to think about it. I think QAnon, I mean, anytime you get into the really conservative, the the weird conservative uh, conspiracy stuff, it does tie back to religion. It almost always... It almost always is being driven, and, and you know all the all the pedophilia stuff that they're that they tie into the QAnon stuff does tie back to to religion and to the religious right. I think. Yeah. So yeah, they're the, they're the useful idiots yes. of of the religious right. right? Oh, yeah. Even if they're not strictly a part of it, they serve it in terms of you know what they accomplish, the ideas they push. The way they vote. I mm-hmm. mean, even yeah. if they're not technically a part of the religious right, they are very useful to them. Because we can all agree, pedophilia is bad. I mean, yes. we all we all agree on that. So, so you know that as, if you can get them started down that path, pedophilia is bad. Well, all these people are pedophiles, therefore, yeah. they right. are bad. Yeah, that's where they go. Yeah. So, and then the anti-abortion movement. Now that they got got rid of Roe, they have this. So here's a quote, and and we'll see if Molly's head explodes on this one. <laughs> there is no excuse for abortion. It is murder, plain and simple. If you claim the name of Christ but nuance your words about abortion, do us all a favor and stop calling yourself a Christian. Remove <laughs> the name of Christ from your lips, as it will be more bearable on you the day, for the day of judgment um, in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for you. Women do not have the right to extinguish life of a precious child growing within them. That decision is reserved for God alone. It's time to put an end to the illusion of choice and stand unwavering for the sanctity of life. And this is from... Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. God gets to decide if I have a miscarriage, not me. Yeah. And this is from a site (laughs) called The Dissenter, which used to be... Oh, it's the guy's out of South Carolina and has the unfortunate last name of Dingle, of which I have to keep saying, be still, my inner 15-year-old. Do not. Do not. Him. His last name is Dingle. I think that's appropriate. Make fun of his last <laughs> his name. His name is Peter. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, then there's, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Hillsdale College, but they're one that that uh, is also trying to train people up in, in the way of the right wing. And now Ron DeSantis wants to do that with New College in mm-hmm. Florida. And um, hopefully there's being a lot more protest on that. But Hillsdale College has always been bad, even back at the point where the, the head of the college decided to have an affair with his um, daughter-in-law. Um, and that resulted... But of course, that's fine. Yes. That's fine, probably, right? I'm sure he God had his forgave God, him. God yeah. forgave him. Yeah. God yeah. forgave yeah. him. It's so nice when God does that. Yeah, yeah. But, but she committed suicide. So, 
Yeah, so she, God didn't forgive her. Right. She was an unforgivable but, is he, sin. but if you're a Calvinist, that was always going to happen, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so there's that. <laughs> and then, you know, there's, there's this one site called Reawaken America Tour. And this is where, like, one of the Trumps, the younger Trumps is going on. And they also have Dr. Demon Seaman on that one. That would be Stella Emanuel, who, who says that certain types of semen is, contains demons. Oh, God. What? Which kinds? <laughs> <laughs> we thought we don't know. I thought there was only like one kind she's, of semen. I thought it was just, you know. It, well, I mean, different animals, I suppose, have. have oh, yeah. But oh, she, man. She was part of that, that uh, doctor thing that Trump put together that wanted to show, yeah. see, COVID doesn't exist. We have doctors that will talk about that. And then they actually let them open their mouths. So yeah. <laughs> the rest God. of us found out, oh, my God, his bleach solution is almost sounding sensible compared to these people. <laughs> you know, and, like and, there's a red hot chili peppers lyric about having demons in my semen. But I guess I didn't realize he was such a religious scholar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's things locally, like daily, I listen to um, Religious Right. I listen to Faith Radio in the mornings, so I listen Why? to one of their moaning shows. Somebody needs to keep an eye on them, uh, on that, and, and I, I have the intestinal fortitude to pull that off. I sure and, don't, and, so, yeah. And, and not drive to North Snelling and think about attacking them with a baseball bat. So. Power to you, because seriously. Yep. Tim's too close to that to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Don't blame him on that one. Um, so, you know, there's, and, and she likes to say, she's going to say, we're looking at the news through the mind of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, is going, Jesus is going, what the fuck is this? Is this, what is this? I'm seeing this news on. Like, like, like you know, obviously I, I'm not religious or a believer in anything, but I, like, that's such an arrogant statement. Oh, yeah. if, you're, it is. if you're if you're a Christian, to presume it's like that Bo, the Bo Burnham song. I was just thinking, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, people tell me that I'm too egotistical and my head's gotten too big ever since I got you know higher in comedy. And anyway, here's a song from God's perspective. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then here are some organizations for people to keep an eye out. There's one called Alec which is the American Legislative Exchange Council. And this was formed by our dear friends, the Koch brothers. And they mm. create sample legislation yeah. to send around to the states to get put into laws. Um, and, and like states, and, 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 you know, it's, it's entirely for conservative legislators. It's not, yeah. it's yeah. not, it's not it's progressive in any way. And, and these it's things get pasted it, it, in theoretically they're theoretically they're, you know, like ideas, but, Legislators just take these things and introduce them without changing a word. Cut and paste those yeah, suckers. Cut and yep. paste those suckers uh, all the time. Yep. And so um, uh, Mary Kiffmeyer is is um, our local one of our local state representatives who's part of Alec. So she was our one of our Secretary of States for a while um, for here in Minnesota. But fortunately. Um, we're sensible, evil socialists, and we know to make sure that that we don't let people go mess up with elections in Minnesota, um, especially <laughs> when the head of when the head of the organization, the Secretary of State, wants to go in there and mess that up. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting, which is fascinating. I mean, I think it's an important thing to note. One, one of the things I've always thought thought interesting about the constitutional offices in Minnesota, state auditor, um, state you know, Secretary of State, is. Inevitably, especially when it's a, a Democrat in office, the conservative will run against it and say, well, uh, they need we need to change the way they're doing it. The way they're doing it is biased. And it's like the state auditor has a job that is so strictly spelled out by the Constitution. They can't do it in a biased fashion. Their only mm -hmm. job is to audit the state's books. And you can't do that in a Republican or Democratic way. You can merely do it. Um, yep. so, you know, when you've got people going, well, I'm going to completely change the way the auditor, the, the state auditor's, uh, job is done. It's like, you literally can't, you cannot, <laughs> you can't do it. But, but I mean, no one is, I mean, I guess who is surprised that somebody running as a 
you know, Republican in today's day and age, especially at the state local level like that, doesn't understand how the state's constitution or laws work. Right. Like that's (laughs) generally we get a lot of people who are like, I'm going to be the one to make a stand. And you're like, you don't even know what you're fucking talking about. It's it's the kid who's running for class president. Who's like (laughs) recess every day. I'm going to make it. Make it so we don't have English anymore. Everybody gets an ice cream cone when they walk through the door of the school. Every day. <laughs> yeah, yep, 100%. And, and now there's a new one um, that's out there, and it has the initials NACL. So think about that. Um, National Association of Christian Legislators. You know how they Ugh. like to say they're salt and light? That's why they did the NACL. Yeah. Yep. And it's being oh. run by uh, an absolute loon from um, Arkansas. And they're pushing things in Texas and down in that area. You know, and then, of course, we're seeing things like attacks on libraries. And this, as a guy mm-hmm. who runs a science fiction convention that's literature-based and who has a little library in his front yard and who's a member of his local friends group with mm-hmm. being the only guy with, with seven little old ladies, um, <laughs> takes a, 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 a offense at people who've decided that books are bad. And that yeah. we need to ban books more than we do AR-15s. Or so. any gun. I mean, honestly, any gun. Like, a book has literally never killed anybody. Even you can make an argument for Catcher in the Rye, and I'd still have a big fight over that. <laughs> well, I mean, somebody's probably gotten, like, hit in the face with a book and died. Books don't their, kill people, Tim. People injury. kill people. I'm, I'm like 100% certain that in John Wick 3, he kills a guy with a book. It's a three-hour movie. He kills people with a lot of shit in that movie. So I think that's yeah, quite yeah. possible. So I guess, I mean, like worst case scenario, we're banning hardcover books. Yeah, hardcover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Kindles only. They're clearly, they're clearly the most... The most dangerous kind of book, it, which incidentally, most Bibles are hardcover. So coincidence, <laughs> yeah. Although some of them have that soft leather, so that they oh, yeah, flap yeah, appropriately. Yeah, they flap around a little bit. Yep. Um, what else flops appropriately? Uh, <laughs> a, a fun organization out there is CBMW, which is the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. Ooh. And these are the guys that did the Nashville statement <laughs> a couple of years ago on basically how women need to be controlled and gays are bad. So that pretty much summarizes. Biblical manhood is like a dick joke I don't even have to make, right? Like, yeah. exactly. I just agree, biblical manhood is not a dick joke I have to make. It makes itself. Yep. <laughs> And, oh, and then there are other organizations, especially now that, that um, someone in uh, Florida wants to ban young girls from talking about their menstrual periods. Um, these are the same guys who are are worried about teens on that. And so they want to ban sex education. They want to ban people talking about their bodies. And then they wonder why we're having problems with people. One of the things... It's so funny to me how people like this will be like, girls shouldn't be able to talk about having periods. But then they're also like, I am a very alpha male who's very (laughs) strong and tough and no one tells me what to do. And it's like, okay, but you're like afraid of a 13 year old talking about getting their period. (laughs) Like, yep. I'm a manly man that loves God and guns and ew. Yep, on that part. So the other thing I do is is I don't just listen. I also go read what websites on occasion. There's this one called The Stream that was founded by James Robison, who used to hang out uh, in the moral majority, and then he disappeared for a number of years, and now he's back. And, and this is a word to the wise on this site. Do not repeat. Do not read the stories. Just look at the headlines. If you find mm. what that's tempting, you're going to go into it. And he said... Damn it, he was right. I read the story and it's causing brain damage because <laughs> they can't write, they didn't edit this, and they're making stupid points. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, um, Mike Huckabee writes for them, and uh. there's a, a couple of, of Christofascists that, that, that Molly likes the term that write for them regularly. Mm-hmm. If you see their names under it, uh, no, no, do not even think about reading the story. So, a guy named John Zmirak and El Parada. Those guys are basically Christo-fascist writers uh, who think all liberals are evil and that um, January 6th was really just some robust tourists. Molly? <laughs> <laughs> Quick question, and, and I, I have no judgment with this, but do you worry sometimes that by spending time on these websites and listening to these shows that you're, you're driving engagement or giving them the clicks that they wish for? Do you use a private browser or do you, do you take any precautions to try to prevent that from happening? 
no, I'm not too worried about them okay. on that. Okay. They, if, if they look, they'll find out I'm, I'm a scary, evil liberal, and they can think they well, can. Well, not about you personally, that, just but, more about like giving them ad traffic, et cetera. Do they, yeah. are they, do they tend to be, do they seem like they have ads? Are they privately funded sites? They're a little of both. It depends okay. on the site. Okay. So um, on that part. And then, um, oh, and another thing you guys can think about since you like to review really bad movies is the Wing <laughs> Feather Saga. This is oh, no. a Christian fantasy series that they just put oh, out no. um, six episodes that went through its first book. And it's set on a world where there's like three different intelligent species. They don't explain how they got there, why they're mixing <laughs> up. Um, they've got really fancy dragons that sing and the young girl and the family can, can listen to them and sing back to them. Do they explain that? No. Um, and they also then use your, your typical fantasy of uh, feudal systems on that. And this family is turning out to be the ones that um, are the important kids from the uh, feudal society that got uh, taken down by um, basically lizard guys. <laughs> oh, lizard guys. <laughs> yep. So there's... there's kind of land of the lost. But they're also... They're, 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 they're the Christians, right? They're the religious they're, persecuted. Yeah, these are the ones that are being persecuted. Although yeah. one of their characters is a guy who owns a bookstore in that and is getting new books. So it's like... Okay, you guys are the ones that want to repress books. And well, but these are God books, Scott. Oh, I don't okay. think you understand yeah. the difference, but God books are okay. Um, <laughs> but, sorry, what's the name of that series again? It's called The Wing Feather Saga. The Wing Feather Saga. Wing and where can one saga. watch this if one wanted to waste it, that time? It's actually online. You can find it at oh. Angel Studios' website. Angel Studios' or, website. It's not streaming on something I'm already paying for. But, Actually, you don't have to pay for it because the Christians are making it free for well, all. Well, sure, of but then then we give them clicks, and I don't know yeah. if I want to do that. But there, uh, yeah, there's that. I've given yeah. them a couple of clicks to watch it, and it's like um, I'm pretty much a hardcore science fiction guy, and I can read some fantasy, but for the most part, it tends to drive me crazy. Um, so there's some people mm. who write both science fiction and fantasy, and I can read their science fiction. I can't read their fantasy. So, mm -hmm. and I think it's because you know. I'm an atheist, and I don't believe in the supernatural. And if they aren't doing their rules right, it's like, okay, you're going to drive me nuts every time they do that. Just like in, there was a, a TV show that was based on a um, on a fantasy book series, and the TV show did like Alien Nation did, as they drug out the this case. Oh, there's some old magic that we can use to solve this problem. Yeah, and they didn't do it <laughs> once in two seasons. They did it like five times. And it's like, okay, you guys struck out. So that or like when Alien Nation, um, if you remember that series, they had the human and the alien detective. And they solved the mysteries by having a new alien trait show up. Oh, sure. Week. And, yeah. and yeah. that showed up like three or four times. It's like, okay, you guys have struck out now. So. That's like uh, <laughs> gold, Golden Age Superman comics where like every person that writes the comic is like, but also he can shoot mini Superman out of his hand. <laughs> like, like making up random weird shit all the time. Uh, yes. And then because of the yellow sun. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Duh. Yeah, at that point, it's like, okay, there's stop or I start banging my head on the desk more um, on that point. <laughs> and then there's, you know, you can just listen to things like um, the Colson Center, which was formed by um, our one of our favorite crazy felons, Chuck Colson. A um, guy named John Stone Street is taking over that. And I think he just likes to do a daily radio program so he can scold all of us to do it his way. <laughs> so <laughs> you can try that for fun. Um, for fun, and then you were yeah, and then you were you were talking about incels, and um, one is there's one called the Evangelical Dark Web. So if you put that in there, this is run by a young thirty oh something guy who I refer to him as the incel because he and another one of his thirty something friends tried to do an audio program. Um, on the horrors of feminism, and I couldn't make five minutes into it because they were like, ah, this is going to cause brain damage. I, I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on even evangelical just, dark web. Yeah. I haven't gotten I, past that. I, what's on the evangelical dark web? Like, it's well, not drugs, it's, and it's uh, not—it's not like sex work. It's bootleg it's, Bibles. It's discernment <laughs> it like, ministries. <laughs> And the Veggie the, Tales dubbed over with sex words. Oh, yeah. exactly. No, they're they're not. They don't like Veggie Tales as it is, much less it being dubbed yeah. over. Yeah. So because uh, his the religious dark web is it's actually just human trafficking. I was gonna yeah. say evangelical dark web is that where you go when you need to have your pastor killed because <laughs> <Like, laughs> oh, you want to be the pastor. <laughs> exactly. There's that stuff. 
Um, that we have a local one that's called Understanding the Times that has been talking about the end times for ooh, as long as I've been listening. Well, the end times have been going on for uh, forever. Oh, I know. They they yeah. love to use it. So it keeps it going on. Um, Are they into the whole, um, you know, uh, political alliances in the Middle East and with Israel because we need to keep our eye on the Holy Land for when the <laughs> for when everything kicks off? Yep. You know who's really waiting for the second coming of Christ? Mary Magdalene. Ah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's oh. a good job. Uh, that, that's too much fun. Oh. Um, there's a website you guys would like called Harbinger's Daily. But <laughs> there's, a new, there's a new one every day? Uh, Tim's expression was that just That sounds like perfect. it's probably way less cool than I think it is. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's got Franklin Graham writes for it. His sister oh. writes for it. And Hal Lindsey writes for it as if anybody mm-hmm. who remembers him from the uh, late great planet Earth from the 70s or his big hit, the 80s, Countdown to Armageddon. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> happened. I remember in the 80s when we had Armageddon. Everybody I don't, else remember I don't that. Remember, it was amazing. I don't remember any of these people, and I'm better for it. I was too young it. to remember it, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, um, it, but good sites are out there. So if you, you need to stay sane, I highly recommend Straight White American Jesus, both their website and they're sometimes three times a week podcasts. They have an ongoing series. One of the guys, um, Dan Miller, does It's in the Code. And he has done mm-hmm. like 30 volumes of explaining phrases um, oh. used by Oh, sure, like dog Christians. whistles, basically? Yeah, yeah, so that you can understand what they mean when they say that. Um, so mm-hmm. there's lots of fun ones in that. Um, uh, Brad Onishi, his partner, did a multi-part series, this one you'd have to pay for, called The Orange Wave. And he looks at the history of the religious rights starting in Orange County in California. So he talks about how that was formed and on that. Really good stuff. Definitely worth giving him money on that. Um, A site I just love is called Roll to Disbelieve. And she started out independent, went to Patheos for a while until Patheos decided to kick out anybody who wasn't Christian or religious, and now is on Only Sky and then her own website, Roll to Disbelieve. And she does really good articles. Over COVID, she was writing daily. So Well, what the hell else did she have to do? Exactly. So she was putting out a <laughs> lot of content. Right now, she'll talk about you know different themes, um, talking about... Um, uh, friendship evangelism and looking at, and she always takes a look. She loves it when the Southern Baptists put out their annual report. She is deep diving into that <laughs> with, with the zealotry of a nerd going after their favorite subject. So there's lots of good stuff. So I um, highly recommend reading her stuff. Um, another one that's a snarky liberal one is called Lawyers, Guns, and Money. And I'm glad the liberals got that one. And these are a couple of snarky left wing lawyers who talk about politics and that. And they have a lot of fun. So um, I can sort of end this. we got some more resources. But Tom Hartman um, has a radio show that's on locally and nationwide. And he said, there's a straight line from criminalizing queer people to banning books to forbidding women's rights to seizing control of schools to promoting mm-hmm. widespread gun ownership to tolerating the mass slaughter of our nation's children. And they mm-hmm. are all leading in a single direction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and ultimately, as, as we go through all of this, the problem, the question I have is, what do we do about it? Because, because, um, from my perspective, and and there are days where I feel this way, and days that I don't. Uh, the re- the religious right, even though their numbers are dropping, it looks like they're winning. I mean, you look at what they're doing in Florida. You look at at who they have on the Supreme Court. You look at the fact that getting a moderately liberal person into the into the white house getting a super moderately liberal congress is pulling teeth they have people that are showing up and voting for you know in many cases as we talk about a lot against their own best interests because the religious right is essentially weaponizing morality yeah. and they're making and even though <laughs> even though as we saw in the last election if you give people the option to vote about just abortion in some of the most conservative states in the, the United States, you still lose. Like in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Like in Kansas, like in Kentucky. Yes. They still mm-hmm. lost on these individual issues, but they somehow managed to win. You know, Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. and the and the Republicans that are in control of the Florida legislature, right? That 
They can do whatever they want. Nobody can stop them. It's kind of like what was happening in Wisconsin for a while. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, maybe at some point the Democrats come back in and take over Florida and roll back some of what happens, some of what's happened. But at the same time, uh, as liberal as I am, I think the Democrats are cowards and I don't yeah. think they do tend to roll back that stuff because they're afraid the minute they do, they'll lose power. And maybe they're right. And that's the problem. It's yeah. like, you know, so for a couple of weeks, you can make it better for, for gay people and transgender people in Florida. But then, you know, the next election rolls around, the Republicans come back in and they're just going to screw those people over again. How do we stop them? Well, and one of the things that's interesting is how they the fact that they're framing it as a culture war and not as they make it sound like it is uh, their culture versus our culture, for lack of a better term, when quote unquote, our culture is everyone deserves to be treated like a human being. Everyone deserves the same rights. And to them, that is, well, then Christians aren't per preferred and their rights are trampled. Right. So, you know, when you when we are saying, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislature are doing whatever the, they want. They, the, the, the right wing and the, the Christo fascists, they point to Minnesota and they say, look, they're just doing whatever they want. They're just doing whatever they want. They're giving free lunches to children. They're, they're banning gender conversion. They're affirming, you know, trans care. They're make, they're codifying abortion. Like it's, and so to them, the, the fact that the, you know, to largely the media has, has made this happen. I know that's an easy thing to demonize but the the i feel like you can draw talking about drawing a straight line you can draw a straight line from the advent of cable news and the need for 24 hours of content and how that became opinion versus actual news or even the shows that call themselves news are just taking one headline with no facts and repeating it and speculating about it for days until there's something right you can draw a line from that all the way through to the like absolute need that people have for calling one side or the other to be able to say our side is winning their side is losing yeah. and it is it is just it is stark it is dramatic, and I don't know if there's a way to fix it, to be honest. I think what's going to end up happening is another civil war. Yeah, the things on that. There are days when I'm quite depressed about that, and there are days like um, when you see some, some optimism out there um, on the fact that nobody showed up to uh, cause bad protests when Trump went in to get a rain today on mm -hmm. that. So I think, you know, there are some things like a good sign. Um, and... Just keeping an eye on things. So I'll go back to that first quote I rolled out. You know, it's education versus catastrophe. So mm -hmm. the religious right has been doing this since Barry Goldwater. They have deep chops on that. And we have to learn to do that on our side. So education, talking. Um, remember the uh, the campaign for, um, for gay marriage in Minnesota. It's called mm -hmm. Love One Out. And what they did, their campaign was to talk one-on-one, -on -one. Yes. just start yeah. talking one-on-one, -on -one, going door-to-door, -door, find a way to talk to your neighbors about saying, okay, can we talk about this sort of looniness here and why that's bad? Or find like, a way to come, find me, common ground. Me and my wife and our children. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. By the way, you know a gay person, it's me. So when you vote no, when you vote yes on this amendment, the person you're voting against isn't some random gay person it's me. It's your daughter. It's your son. It's your cousin. It's your neighbor that shovels your walk every mm -hmm. time it snows. It is somebody you know. Um, yeah. And I think that's mm -hmm. that's honestly where where the abortion thing works out. And I, I, I honestly think when they split abortion out from everything else, the reason it loses is because Tons of conservative women have had abortions. They just don't talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because mm -hmm. they're not, oh, yeah. you know, there's so much religious right built in that women on the conservative side are, are suppressed a lot more. But if they're given the opportunity to walk into a voting booth and vote what they think, mm -hmm. that they vote against banning abortion because they know that it affects them in a completely different way. Yeah. Well, and we've had this conversation before where they interview people who are protesting outside abortion clinics who are saying abortion is murder and it says, OK, so if we ask you then, what should the penalty for abortion be? If abortion is made illegal, what should the penalty be? 
and they can't answer by and large. If you say, should the penalty be the same for murder? They're like, well, I don't know. I mean, that's, uh, they've already suffered so much, you know? I mean, it's just, it's this, no one actually, they, they, they say it's murder until you actually say, so then they should go to jail. They should be, should they, should they get the death penalty? Yeah. If they, if they get more than one yeah. abortion or if they're, or if they're twins or triplets, that's mass murder. Should they be actually Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's that whole that whole adage of I will bet you one unplanned pregnancy that you are secretly pro-choice. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's mostly the men who are the ones that want want to do that. Those quotes that I had earlier um, were all males that were doing that. There wasn't a single woman mm-hmm. um, that was with them mm-hmm. or making the or, or commenting on mm-hmm. those things. So there are the unthinking guys who basically are the ultimate complementarians where. They're the boss, and you, little lady, just get to do what we want you to do. Yeah, and these men never have a job that's actually going to sustain a family, P.S. Yeah. <laughs> They're so, like, I want a trad wife. It's like, you work at Arby's. <laughs> Are you gonna, where is your trad wife going to come from, friend? It's, it's, it's more of a problem with Arby's not paying equitable rates. No, I agree. Wages, but, I'm not but, saying yes. that that's, and there's nothing shameful about no. working in service, but at the same time, it seems like there's not a lot of like people who actually, you know, could in this capitalist society, you know, sustain a family of five. Right. Yet they're like, I want a woman whose only job is to stay home and pop out babies. And it's like, okay, well, good luck. Yeah, it's yep. their whatever babies are, reasons are, their esteem is too high. Yes. Oh, babies yeah. cost a lot. A lot of a money. A lot of money. Um, so, okay, back to, you know, what do we do? I, do any of these sites that you've talked about, the positive uh, stuff, do they talk about things that, that we can do? Yep. They'll, they talk about education um, on that and, they, you know, being active, make sure you vote, make sure you pay attention um, and uh, uh, on that part. And also learn to discern. I mean, the discernment people have a good point. You need to figure out your sources. Um, so mm-hmm. if you're reading something, you go, this guy sounds like a complete loon, but this guy is saying he makes sense. You just Google them. And if you find out the first five sites it references are right-wing ones you wouldn't trust with the time, then mm-hmm. you know, yes, they're quoting a complete loon. So those are all things, you know, and it's it's the basics, but it's you know, there's really, unfortunately, nothing we can do but Good, bloody hard work educating people, um, pointing out things, making sure you point out which, which um, you know, people running for election are the complete loons. Um, we had a fun game we did in our house back when, you know, we got the newspaper and we're talking about the voting is we used to have the game called Pick Out the LaRouchian. So if you remember Lyndon LaRouche, <laughs> who was just a complete loony, um, you would read yeah. along and says, this talks about sensible with this. And then this, this guy says, and we should be doing this kind of crazy stuff. Um, it's like, okay, we found the LaRouchean on this um, election thing. So there's that. But, you know, the trick is with print media being decimated around the country. Um, my parents live in Zamroda, southeast part of Minnesota, and the Rochester... Mm-hmm. The city of Rochester does not have a daily newspaper anymore. They haven't had one for years. It publishes three days a week. And so uh, my dad was a funeral director. And when they were doing that, he could, um, the funeral could happen before he even got the death notice into the obituary column in the newspaper. So you need to support um, the newspapers, even sometimes if they're not quite perfect. Still, they're doing some good things. And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm supporting a site. There's a, a fun one I like to read called um, Smirking Chimp. And they publish a lot of, re- yeah, it, was, it came out during the Bush era. Um, our dear friend George W. Bush. And it they pick up opinion pieces from uh, good, sensible, progressive lefties um, who bring up all sorts of subjects. So um, it's a great source um, for information. They'll, they'll publish um, Tom Hartman, Amanda Marquette, um, who writes for um, Salon, and um, other really good writers. Um, yeah, Robert Amanda Reich. Marquette has been a guest of this podcast before. Yes, and her pieces are always wonderful. So, yeah, the, it's doing that and it's just starting to do the hard work of, you know, making sure your friends are voting, making sure they're educated on the subjects, that they know who the crazy people are that are even running for things like school board because the right wing is starting to attack school boards because, you know, they want to educate people about things. Well, I mean, that, <clears throat> I mean, they, th- there's that, but it started, that, that really started during COVID when there were people who were like, you can't make my kids wear masks. 
Man. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they actually yeah. started running for the school board on an entire anti-mask policy, but yeah. almost entirely from the right. Yep. Yeah. Well, the, the, the guy who does the evangelical dark web ran for like county <laughs> auditor in his, in his home county. His first thing was about COVID and masks. I can't stop laughing mm-hmm. about evangelical dark web. <laughs> I, yeah. I, uh, for local, it's not necessarily uh, largely political, but I've really enjoyed the racket in, in mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the Twin Cities. Okay. Um, they've uh, done some local politics stuff in between their arts and culture stuff that's been pretty good. And, and I uh, I kind of hate the Star Tribune, and that's kind of the biggest paper option. Star Tribune is right wing. In, uh, in, it, what's what's hilarious about the Star Tribune being so blatantly right 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 wing in their ownership and in their editorials and endorsements, especially is when you go in the comments of anything mm-hmm. that's not overtly right wing, the comments are full of people doing being like, "Oh, the Red Star Tribune, Star Tribune leftist rag." <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like, like okay. do you not know who owns this newspaper? <laughs> do you? Do you not understand? Well, and that's exactly it, right? It's, yeah. It's, 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 uh, well, the yeah. The problem it's, it's, is when the Star Tribune reports the truth and the truth has a liberal bias, what are they supposed to do? Oh, poor Star Tribune. Well, they yeah. usually find a way to make it about how cops are right. Oh, I mean, yeah. generally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, right? That's pretty clear. Yeah. Um, so, look, we are, we are needing to get to five questions. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, this is a really interesting and important topic. As atheists, um, you know, I, I feel like sometimes that, that I have a responsibility to speak up, and yet I never know how without, you know, I, I say things, but I never know if I'm just shouting into the void. But I think sometimes maybe we need to shout into the void because um, there are people out there that are listening. I remember um, I had a lengthy argument uh, several years ago with my, my brother-in-law, with my wife's brother, who has got, gotten increasingly conservative over the years, which is a disappointment. Um, and I and my mom came to me and said, why, why are you doing this? You're never going to change his mind. And I said, I'm not talking to him. I, I, I don't care yeah. if I ever change his mind. I'm talking to the people that are reading this, and I'm trying to be very very intelligent and provide good supported arguments so that somebody else doesn't come in and read what he's saying and think he's right. Um, that they, yeah. get, that they, they get good information. That's who I'm talking to. And I think, you know, it, we talk, we talk a lot about if you have the energy for it and, you know, I don't have the energy to listen yeah. to uh, an evangelical every morning and good on you, Scott. Uh, well, well done for you. You, you, you keep going, but I do not have the energy for that. I can't do it. Um, but you know, if you have the energy to have some of those conversations, it's like, you have to, to me, you have to think of it in the sense of, I'm not trying to convince the person I'm talking to. Yeah. I'm trying to convince the people that are, that are reading both of, both of our points of view and aren't convinced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A a part of, and I, I know this is sort of defeatist attitude. A part of me kind of feels like people that just aren't bo- on board with some pretty simple concepts at this point. I just don't, I just kind of don't, I, I kind of feel like that person's just out of my mind at this point, like lost cause. Like when we're talking about some real, real basic shit, like, um, like transgender, you know, a transgender yeah, woman is a woman. Yeah. yeah. I, that's, yeah. A, that's a great example. I feel like, like, I, I think there's wiggle room, for convincing some people about things like abortion and stuff, I guess. But like, if someone's just like, Oh no, just, I don't, you know, recognize trans people or see, you know, they're them. It's just like, Oh cool. I don't need to waste my time with you at all ever. Yeah. We're, we're done. Like, okay. You're just, uh, uh, one of those people that I can just kind of, and I know that's not necessarily the most helpful <laughs> thing. Not, you know, I'm not changing any minds, but like, a part of me is kind of like I'm. I'm kind of done changing minds. Like fuck oh, those people. I totally but fucking. I, I, I realize that's not the shit out of that. I yeah. I do. It's the hard thing in this situation is yeah, but those fuckers vote. Yeah, and they are. They no, are no, absolutely. And they are hurt. The people they are electing are hurting people. Real 
honest to God. I mean, like, like there, there are laws that they're trying to pass out there, which the Supreme Court might uphold, right? That are things like uh, they will ban any, uh, any medical insurance company from practicing in their state if they support transgender care for anybody mm-hmm. in any state. Which yeah. Yeah. you would think the Supreme Court, given they're so hard into states' rights, would be like, fuck no, you can, you can ban them for what they do in your state, but you don't get to have any control over what they do, do for people in other states where this is legal. But that's not the way the Supreme Court seems to be working anymore. Well, we a, haven't seen that case yeah. come. Don't, don't, don't say that. You don't know that. We don't yeah. know a that. state's right yeah. to what? Yeah. We don't know that. You know, and that's the thing right. is, is these people are hurting people. And so it's that hard thing. And I, I mean, again, it's it's what you have the energy for. And I respect what anybody right. has the energy for. I, I would argue that 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 our energy is better put toward amplifying voices that are going to be heard rather than uh, assuming egotistically that we have any kind of pull, you know. And yeah. so, like, I think that going to, you know, like following people on Twitter and other social media where you can amplify those voices, share those posts, uh, share the voices of people who are actually affected by the laws. Like, you know, some one of us saying these laws in Florida are bullshit. No one gives a shit what somebody in Minnesota thinks about the Florida laws. But if there's somebody who lives there who's saying I am a teacher in Florida. These are my empty shelves. We are doing, you know, this is a thing that is happening. Sharing that to cut through the noise to make sure that you're being seen and that those those stories are being seen and heard. I feel like that is a really valuable use of your time. And and so if you're going to put your energy towards something, if you only have so much energy for, for things, definitely that is a place to spend it is is, you know, amplifying those stories and making sure that that people see this is real. This isn't just some thought experiment that liberals in Minnesota are fantasizing about. Oh, my God, they're going to ban the books and all this will happen. No, look, they banned the books and this happened. You know, like here it is. Here's the proof. Yeah. Yeah. So those are definitely all approaches people need to do and uh, just find those little ways that that you can do things. Um, I get involved through um, the library friends. I'm a city of Minneapolis mm. election judge. So I'm out there on election day making sure people who can vote can vote on that. That's mm-hmm. my job on election day. I, I'm not going to check their politics, but I'm going to make sure that, you know, you have the ability to exercise the franchise. Mm-hmm. So, um well, and I appreciate this topic. Really do, Scott. Uh, we'll have to, as I mentioned, have to get you back to talk about uh, Star Trek, as there has been a lot happening in Star Trek over the last few years. But we got to do five questions, and uh, you have not five answered. Five questions. You haven't answered our newest five questions. So you get two. Sounds good. Congratulations. This should be more fun oh, yeah. than listening to an evangelical every morning on the radio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will start with question number one. What is a game you have played recently that you really enjoyed? Well, I, I'm one of those guys that does not have a game gene in him. So mm. I don't do games. Um, I think mm. it was when I used to play Risk against the neighbor kid, and I would attack his country with two armies with my 20, and I would get wiped out because I can't <laughs> roll dice to save my life. In fact, when my son was a toddler and we were playing the game of Trouble, he beat me, and I was the one that was pushing the Papa Medic. So you don't so, play any games. You don't play any games on your phone. You don't nope. play cards. You don't do nope. crossword puzzles. There's don't, nothing like that that you do. Don't do. So So what I like to do, I'm a hardcore reader. So when I'm not mm-hmm. in my favorite thing of, of good science fiction, um, I'm having fun reading some classic stuff. So I have been reading Earl Stanley Gardner, best known for creator of, of Perry Mason. He created yeah. a detective series called Cool and Lamb, and it is set in the 40s. And it's a detective agency of an older divorced woman who owns the agency and her younger just out of World War II operative, who is our first person narrator. And they're just Mm -hmm. fun because Gardner is a master of dialogue and creating characters with dialogue. And so those are just plain fun. And there's a company called Hard Case Crime that is republishing those with doing not quite the total covers from the 50s and the 60s, but ones are just as close. So um, mm-hmm. a friend of mine is, is a, a assistant attorney, assistant county attorney. And so for when I was looking for uh, stuff for him, I would buy old Perry Mason. And so my, my list was the more lurid the title, the more lurid the cover. That's what he's <laughs> getting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the game that, uh, that Scott has been playing that he really enjoyed is Earl Stanley Gardner. Good to know. There we go. Uh, <laughs> question number two. I, 
I, I read. Oh, sorry. I was just say I read a whole bunch of hard case crime comics. They are also a comics publisher, uh, and some of them were really great, and some of them were also comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they do a variety. All right, question two. What is a science fact or discovery you think is really fucking cool? I just go with your basic evolution because Mm -hmm. that one is uh, going on. We can see it happening in action with our dear friend COVID. Uh, We can see it going on. We can see it, you know, saying, well, it doesn't know what it's doing. Yeah, you can see this by looking at how it works on that part. (laughs) Uh, It's a game changer. It's a game changer in the understanding of Don't say game. He doesn't like them, Tim. I'm sorry. It's a a (laughs) Earl. He doesn't know what a game changer (laughs) means. Sorry, let me me rephrase. It's an Earl Stanley Gardner changer. Yep, there you go. It's a plot twist. Exactly. (laughs) Fun plot twist like that. Question three. Question three is, uh, what? where do you get your sense of right and wrong from? Because we know it isn't religion. Um, there we go. The, the Humanist Manifesto 3 says we get our, our, our morals and our ethics from human experience over time. Because we figured mm-hmm. out over time what works. When they say we don't have any sense, it's like, okay. Because um, one preacher says, well, the atheist is all it takes is a guy with a baseball bat to take over things. So when I say, so was your last church election decided by guys with baseball bats swinging <laughs> yeah. it out? No, you had an election for that where people did that. We figured out that that works. We figured out that mm-hmm. any group of people of more than five people, basic rules form pretty quick. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we figure that over time what has worked. And those societies that keep doing what works are still around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number four: If you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore or task for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Uh, something to take care of the lawn. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. And then, uh, as a corollary, do the snow shoveling in the winter. Yeah. Sure. This last uh, yard snowstorm. Work. Yeah. Just the, yard work. Just yard work. Yeah. Yep. Was I have a snowblower, but this was too wet for my my poor wimpy yeah. little snowblower <laughs> so i was going i would go two feet forward it clogs the the exit pipe back it up sit for 20 seconds go forward another two feet and uh, repeat it was good exercise yeah my snowblower what you mean is, yeah. my sorry, snowblower is called alex yeah. <laughs> um, what you what you need scott is you need a team of goats with shovels tied to them in the winter time so in the summer goats <laughs> to eat the lawn yeah in the winter time they got the shovels you're good to go plow goats yeah exactly sense. who's got question five i think it's molly right i do yeah. what is a movie or tv show that you think everyone should watch well i know i have my obvious one but that's got over 800 produced episodes and movies. And most people look at that and go, I have no idea where to start. So I'm, I'm going with The Good Place. Oh, uh, so ah, yes. It's and so that one, I don't do that many sitcoms. I've watched this one four times. And I still oh. laugh at the lines I laughed at the first time around. And I find new ones to laugh at. Because mm-hmm. what's delightful is it allows both Kristen Bell and Ted Danson to do their serious side and their snarky, I'm going to have fun with this sides. And they mm-hmm. enjoy themselves immensely throughout that whole series while they're talking about philosophy. So yes. how yeah. can, you can't I, go I, wrong with that. I can watch that show beginning to end and just start over again. Yep. Yeah. Uh, There's, it's so easy. Scott, if I can make a recommendation, I don't know if you have access to HBO Max, yeah. but they're doing, they've done a new Perry Mason show and it's incredible. Yep. I've have you been I watching it? the first season and now I have to wait it, for the second season to be available. Uh, Matthew Reese is a phenomenal oh, Perry Mason. I yeah. just think he's perfect. Lots of good yeah. little updates. And if you go back to and read the books, um, the TV series takes a kind of Mason's investigation, but throws it into the courtroom. Whereas in the mm-hmm. books, he investigates that, and then it's maybe five pages of the, in the courtroom stuff. But okay. most of it is in being an investigator and doing that, which, you know, mm-hmm. you can see them showing that in the TV series. They just didn't have um, sort of the budget to move people around doing that and it worked right. best to put in there. But yeah, you can see why this character has been around for from the 40s. Or yeah, even going back early on just, you know, the intrigue and just how many books he put out and the fact that now they're reprinting, you know, his detective series. The man was a mm-hmm. phenomenon at, at being able to write stories and make them fun. And we come back Fantastic. around to Earl Stanley Gardner. So yep. 
No, uh, we this, had to. This yeah. Is a, yeah, this is a, it's perfect full circle. This is a great place to end the podcast. Uh, thank you, Scott, for coming and uh, giving us a history of uh, how evangelicals have been uh, affecting politics in our country for decades and uh, continue to do so and how we need to do what we can. And again, whatever you, have the, energy, yeah, yeah. Whatever you have the energy for. But uh, it, it's, it's, it is a thing that, you know, uh, they are causing, as I said, they're causing real harm. They're doing it right now. And they are continuing to do it, and uh, it is—it's not going to get better. It's—it's it's really easy to go voting doesn't doesn't do anything, and and it could feel that way sometimes. But yeah. at the same time, voting in Minnesota has gotten is going to get marijuana legalized, and it's going to get it's going to protect abortion for at least another election cycle, and it's yeah. going to do other things. So it does it does make a difference, um, even if it's not as much of a difference as we might hope. Uh, at times. Yep, there's the quote of, of the, the history bends towards the good. It just takes time on that. So thanks, guys. It's been fun talking yeah. about this. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. We've been Geeks Without God. If you enjoyed our uh, podcast, you can always support us on Patreon, and you'll get our episodes early. Uh, you can also send us in answers to the five questions that we just posed to Scott. I believe our queue at the moment is empty or darn close to it. It's empty. It's empty. There's nothing there. Send, send in, in your questions. Send people. in your answers, and we will read them on the air, and we'll send you stickers. It's going to be so great. We're going to be back <laughs> next week with another podcast about something I expect less depressing, but you won't know until next week. We'll text. I'll we'll make catch. it sad. <laughs> We're going to make it sad. It's going to be so sad. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this podcast secretly brought to you by God. No. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. And you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks. God. We're geeks, geeks without God. I have to oh. pee. I'm gonna wet my yeah. chair.